Hey, I'm Lee Larie. And I'm Nick B. And this is Dirty Roses Podcast, where two girls from the City of Roses discuss love, lust, and perception. And we got two very different perspectives. That's right, because my girl Nick B is a long-term habitual dater. Oh, for real? That's what we're doing? I mean, girl, it's facts. Okay, you're right. And my girl Lee Larie was tied down and now newly single and don't know a thing about dating. Dang. Well, here we are taking our friends' dating stories and having real-life conversations. Dirty Roses Podcast starts now. I'm Lee Larie. And I'm Nick B. And welcome to Dirty Roses Podcast. We are here today to talk about something that is actually very personal to me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we start every episode with the scenario story. And of course, I've been very open. Y'all, I mean, it's a whole, like, purpose of the of the show really honestly is I'm a divorcee right so what does that look like we've got Nicole uh or Nick B trying to be a divorce she gotta get married and she's gonna get divorced that's her goal in life um but no but we have a friend of ours who is has experienced this healed from this has worked through it um mm-hmm. had kind of a public situation but she is here to share with us, her healing journey, what it looks like, and everything else. But we got our girl, Miss Nick, Nick Nack, Nicky Nick Nack, Nack. How you up, doing? What's up? What's up? Yes, welcome. <laughs> Thank welcome. You. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, but as you know, we start every episode. Okay, we talk about a story. So, mm-hmm. y'all know I was married um, for 15 years, um, actually 16 years, and then I was together with my ex for 21 years. So, very long time. Got together very, very young and ended up, it just, we were on separate pages by the time that we got to our 40s, and I don't know why we waited that long to decide that. Um, but for me, it has been a very interesting journey because I did not get to do the single thing when I was younger. And so me being now 40. Bitches being single now. Being single. <laughs> I feel like I'm an amateur. I feel like I'm doing things all the way wrong because I'm trying to be a youthful dater, but I'm not youthful because I am wisdom, experience, and um, aged like fine wine. But um, it just looks different than what it did when I should have experienced some things and learned the lessons that I probably could have. I mean, the times are different too, though. They are. They when, are. When you would have been dating in your 20s, we didn't have dating apps. We didn't have, very true. you know, a hookup culture in the same way right. we do today. So it's also But I feel different. like I would have gained some experience and some knowledge and some wisdom mm-hmm. in just living life. Yeah. That probably would have secured my position in my marriage a little bit better than I did because um, we learned our marriage together. You know, we learned it we grew up together we you know became adults in our marriage we didn't have the experiences and knowledge and the wisdom and the things that you get when you date and you play around and you do the things you do we didn't you know so all of that plays a role into why we got divorced yeah but i want to hear about my friends who had her own experience <clears throat> what was what, so well, real quick, I just want to say yeah. I finally do not have a story to share. Because <laughs> normally, at, it's this, not your will at this point, it's no. where Lee Larie would toss it to me and be like, "So Nick B." So tell Dude. me about the fifteen times that this happened to you. That's the voice you <laughs> use. Yes, yes, that is that's exactly about this. what happens. And and then I go into this monologue, and then but today. <clears throat> She gets to sit back and watch okay, and listen. Look, and you get to learn. I do. Mm. This is You get to learn what tell to do, me, what not tell to do. Me. And, I'm, I'm ready. And how to prepare. But, Miss Nick, tell us. You got married. You weren't. Um, I did. How old were you, you when you got yeah. married? How old were you? Okay. I got married in 2015. Mm-hmm. And I was 33 okay. at the time. And we had dated for three years prior to getting married and then we were married for 
we were, we got divorced, got married, uh, divorced and separated, or separated and divorced in our third year. Mm. So we were together a total of six. Okay. Got it. Got it. Was um, what was your decision to get married? Oh, um, well, as you were just kind of leading into your story mm-hmm. and talking about how, um. You were kind of good, glad that you had, you know, experienced it, mm-hmm. but that you wondered why it took so long. And right. I, as you were talking, I was thinking that really this journey is about a journey of self-discovery, and that right. really it's 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 really us determining what we will and will not stand for, what mm-hmm. we do and do not want. Mm-hmm. And so I think I got married because we were supposed to. Like it just it was mm-hmm. a natural progression. We were in okay. black church at that time mm-hmm. too, and that was the culture. And it was, you know, you date, you court. Or you, you know, or you're dating to get married, and that was right. that was just seeming to be the tenor mm-hmm. around my friendships and around the, the groups I was right, in. Right, right. And so I just think, um, and, and we should talk about that a little bit at some point around how we shade people for wanting companionship and wanting to get married. I don't think there's anything wrong with right. being in a culture right. where you want covenant. I don't think right. there's anything wrong with that. I think that's right. dope. Mm-hmm. But I also think that when you don't know who you are, then when you talk about covenant or you talk about getting into relationships and talk about what mm-hmm. that leads to in marriage, what I discovered was I really didn't know what it meant. And I, and I, yeah, I had examples of it, but I don't really think I walked in with my eyes wide open as to like, I'm getting married for these reasons. I, I don't, I would know those today because uh-huh. I've been through something. In but. retrospect, would you say that what you didn't know then was simply because you hadn't experienced it or was it simply that you weren't old enough to um, comprehend? I think it's both and, right? Okay. I think it was something that I hadn't experienced because I hadn't, I'm not old enough. Right. Mm-hmm. But I also don't think that that was the tenor in how the, our parents and matriarchs and patriarchs mm-hmm. talked about marriage. Right. Right. I think there was there was just this kind of natural progression of like you you were going to date and then get married and have kids. And you just always had that. Then comes marriage. Yeah. Like everything we have been programmed to think about love has always been this goal of like marriage. And when we think about what that means for black women who want to date black men, I mean, that just is a whole nother, Mm. a whole nother, a whole nother kind of can of worms. But I I also think it's it is age because developmentally. Our executive functioning is simply assessing the present mm-hmm. to determine the future based on what I've already been through. So the way yeah. I make decisions are based on what I've lived through. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's not having had discussions right. about marriage outside the context of how we've always talked about it culturally. And that's a conversation that we... not being old enough. Yeah, it's a conversation we've had a few times. It's like kind of what your examples were, but also like you're saying you didn't have the right conversations prior to. No. So what were your examples and then what were the conversations that either help guide you or help kind of mess it up for you. So you <laughs> on my on my on my mom's side, uh-huh. I have I have examples of marriage. Okay. But I also have examples of dysfunction. Okay. Right? Okay. When we think about healthy marriage, we don't really right. put that part on front, that part, that adjective on the front of it. Um and so I think you know my parents are married, my my I don't have a relationship with my biological father, so my mom married my stepdad. Okay. And so my my parents have been married almost 30 years. Mm-hmm. And my aunt and my uncle are married, and my grandmother and my grandfather was were married. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's, I, and I loved that that was my example, and right. so I think that that was naturally the thing I would duplicate because it's what I saw, it's what I mm-hmm. knew. But now, as I've lived and experienced, I can now analyze not their marriages, so to speak, mm-hmm. but I can look at what I remember events happening and understand. Oh, what I'm going through today, they went 
through as well. It just mm. didn't result in divorce. Mm. Got you. So what were the com- what were the conversations that you guys had or that you were gifted from your elders? Ooh, well, you know, you have your bridal shower. And at the <laughs> bridal shower, you, your you elders. Yeah, but you yeah. also get those well wishes of what women, you know, impart into you and to tell you mm. before you walk down the aisle. And it's often don't go to bed angry. Mm-hmm. It's often don't tell people your business. Mm. It's often, you know, don't brag about sex outside, you know, your 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 bedroom. Don't be outside talking about it to people who don't need to be hearing about mm-hmm. it, right? You hear about keeping your house clean. Mm. You hear, right? Those were the kind of little three by five cards I got at my bridal shower, which gotcha. were iconic for the the time we were in, and, right, I, and it's really right. good advice, right? And I walked in not knowing who Nicole really was, right? And so then, therefore, how can I really be in covenant? in an authentic way right and learning who i am in the midst of did you get conversations or advice about talk about expectations talk about what your sexual experiences were (laughs) or what uh even your sexual expectations were you know like those weren't conversations i didn't think we i didn't know we could have those that's right it's what's interesting and i always hear when i go to showers is the advice that women are given in preparation for marriage Mm -hmm. do men get these same Five by seven cars. Like, I would I'm say, curious I've seen. Some I'm trying men, not to be judgmental, but I, I would say I've seen some men be very diva like, and they've had their groom showers or whatever. Um, she being well, petty. Now, when I say she groom, being so I, petty I'm not, right I'm not now. I was trying to be anonymous. She's being so petty. <laughs> you see, my verbiage was anonymous. <laughs> I was not necessarily referencing to men having the shower, but do but men get this tribe of men who have been married or have had successful relationships like women do? It always seems. Mm that it's on the woman to make sure that we're maintaining the home and that we're keeping the wheels oiled. But do our men also getting these same nuggets? I think the duplicity in that is like the men get the advice of happy wife, happy life. Like but what does the, that mean? I, yeah. I, you know, I can't speak. We're all women here, so I, I cannot speak to what a man's experience. Yeah. Well, and I've so you both have been married. Did mm-hmm. any yes. of them ever come to you and say, you know what? My grandfather t- told me this before no. I got married, and my uncle told me, and I my think dad. My nothing? ex did not have great uh, examples of healthy relationships or relationships. Period. Okay. So he did not come into it, and myself as well did not come into it viewing relationships in a way of this is what the example was. It was we had an example of what not to do. Mm-hmm. We had an example of what we wanted to do differently, but never like we got sound advice. We had a sound vision of anything. But you know, for that was not, and that was. I have a counter experience right, to that because right. my ex husband absolutely had a grandfather who imparted mm-hmm. importance to him, who mm-hmm. was married to his wife for more than 30, 40 years. Okay. He had a father who poured, poured in and imparted into him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think that there were some similarities in how I saw my ex husband's posture show up at the end of our marriage and how I was introduced to his dad. Mm-hmm. And the course of the relationships, I saw them, him travel. And I think those were those, those not flags, so to speak, but those are those telltale signs about how a person is raised and how they deal mm-hmm. with conflict. Because yeah. marriage, you know, from my experience, is really a reflection. It really mm-hmm. has little to do with yeah. the other person. Yeah. It really is a reflection of your shadow work, of what the, your source, your spirit, whatever deities, whatever governs or anchors your faith and how you would enter into an agreement with another human being, whatever yeah. that source is for you. Yeah. What it reveals during marriage is the work that you have to do in order to stay married. And mm-hmm. if you don't deal with that, that those shadows, then the all of the things our elders told us that the the temptations that come persist themselves, and that's what makes us susceptible to now is I this think divorce. 
absolutely your analysis after marriage or is this kind of what you had in mind going into it? I think this was definitely my analysis afterwards because we got to do the autopsy, right? And it's mm-hmm. real easy for me to, to 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 cast a lot of, I could sit in this table and chair and say, you know, he ain't shit. And <laughs> mean niggas it. get money. Gang, gang. <laughs> and mean it with gusto. And when the shadows come up for me, I too must do the work. Right. Yeah. And so I must too understand why did I think that was love? Why did I accept mm. it as love? And what does Nicole need to do on the inner self so I don't attract that kind of love ever again? Yeah. What is so, the, yeah, what the healing process look like? Dirty, though? hell, oh hurtful, she said it really loud, loud. Yes. painful, <laughs> embarrassing. Tell them in the back. Shit. Yes. Goodness gracious. It was all the things that that yeah. that um, I, I would usually describe it as, you know, my ex-husband, you know, ripped my heart out my chest and walked over me like I wasn't shit. No, mm. you I have said that iconically throughout that mm-hmm. process because that's how it felt viscerally. Right. One word you just used was embarrassing. Oh. Was it embarrassing personally or was it embarrassing because others knew your story? Or And when I say others, I don't even yeah. mean the mass public that don't know you personally. Mm-hmm. That could be your mom, mm-hmm. you know, your best friend. I can <clears throat> imagine that there's always some judgment when you are explaining things to anybody because we all got opinions. Yeah. So how did you handle... <sighs> A divorce that's already hard on yourself, but then having to justify it to people Ooh. that don't require justification. Baby, that was hard. When I say embarrassing, I mean I, those who know me personally know I'm very private. I I am, and 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 not that bougie private. I got a lot going on. I just don't want you in my business. Mm-hmm. Is that? And <laughs> and I just, you know, when you've been through the types of traumas that I've been through. You know, you keep your, you know, I'm, I'm an introvert by trauma. Mm. And so I keep my, my the, the, the people closest to me who can harm me, I keep the safest people near me. So mm-hmm. I think embarrassing was I slept next to that person who could do that to me. That's a mm. Nicole problem. Yeah. Mm. His behavior is his behavior. But my inability to understand and recognize that behavior means I don't know what my expectations and my boundaries are. I have some work I need to do. Mm. And it was embarrassing because people who didn't know me were knowing about my sexual trauma, were knowing about infertility, mm-hmm. and were knowing about my husband's infidelity and the fact that he chose someone else over me. That was embarrassing mm. just because it was public. Who let that information out? Was he sharing all of this? I believe so, yeah. People would come up to me and ask me questions about my sexual trauma. Oh. People would come up to me and ask me questions so about infertility. And it was in, in that those... I didn't realize until that experience, though, that I'm a survivor, that mm-hmm. that we don't often categorize black girls who go through trauma as survivors. And so when that mm. term was given to me, I realized, right, you took my, my right to tell my story from me, and mm-hmm. that is traumatizing in and of itself already right. and all yeah. over again. But it was, I, those were not stories that I had, that I talk about openly, um, and I had to talk about openly by force. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was. Mm-hmm. Did you experience that same type of trauma or was your trauma different with your separation? Um, my separation was quick. It was, unex- it, it was unexpected to the outside world. I would say that. Um, I would say that internally and mm-hmm. between the two of us, it was very much expected. It was leading up to it for years at this point. Um, it came with a lot of surprise and having to explain to people, damn, it wasn't as picture perfect as everybody thought it was oh yeah some it people were real mad they it, uh, yeah. throwing chairs over it <laughs> bitch what not Lee no <laughs> damn no. you got people oh yes yes um yeah no. but 
But it was it was it was interesting because also within my marriage, I held him very sacredly um, and protected him. Mm-hmm. I protected his image. I protected him. I protected our secrets. Yeah. Um, and because getting divorced, it was not an understandable reason. Like people didn't understand, and so I had to decide whether I share the reasons, mm-hmm. which then shattered people's image of a person yeah. um even shattered the image of myself because then like lee would put up with stuff like that or you know mm-hmm. you know kind of and again like for for nick that was embarrassing you know because mm-hmm. like you're like damn i preach taking care of yourself and up for yourself being strong independent all these things and i wasn't that in my marriage mm-hmm. because i was trying to play a traditional role i was trying to play what i thought i was supposed to play mm-hmm. and it didn't pan out and work out for me um but yeah so it didn't it wasn't in the same sense as uh, Nick's experience, but it was I did have some of those same feelings Absolutely. for different yeah. reasons. Absolutely. I was going to ask Nick. So your marriage was significantly shorter than yeah. Lee's, right? <laughs> a minute <laughs> in comparison. The sad were part was my s- husband, my ex, was in her way, and I felt like that was a yo. Damn. They were there, yo. It was. A, let me just also say for the for the, for, for the record, it was a vibe though. The okay. way was lit. Listen, I, was, Listen, I, was I know how to throw a party. Okay, yeah, that part. So were you surprised? Be, and I ask because Lee Larie mm. explains that behind closed doors, she had a different perception of her marriage than the general public did. Um, and it made sense when the end of their story came. Okay. For you, were you caught off guard? Was Which this, I was making tacos. You were, okay. Yeah. It was a Tuesday? Tuesday. It was. Mm. You no. Know, <laughs> I was making tacos. Okay. I had, the meat was on the stove. Oh I gosh. had absolutely. So you were blindsided. Completely. And. Mm. I think that is another, the, the, when we talk about the stages of grief, I had just walked those stages of grief or was currently walking those stages of grief when I buried my brother. Mm-hmm. And I, I buried my brother in 2014 and then got married in 2015. So to get divorced, separated and divorced in 2018, I was very much still walking those stages of grief mm-hmm. yeah. in the first five years of my brother's passing. But I believe I stayed in unbelief, whatever stage that is. Mm-hmm. My Leo ego could not. Mm-hmm. I grapple with this. No, no, he didn't. <laughs> for real. Like, I really grappled with that for a really uh-huh. long time. So, yeah, I was I caught wonder, completely off guard. I wonder if you had not been in the state of grief that you were in. Perhaps. Do you think your choice to marry him <clears throat> would have been different? Only because it sounds like he entered your life in a time of vulnerability. And sometimes, you know, like people mm. come to our lives in stages mm-hmm. and phases and seasons and and so forth. And maybe that was a misperception of him based on where you were emotionally. That's a good question. And I, you know, could definitely say, yes, I was in grief and those that emptiness, that reconciling impacted the decisions mm-hmm. I was making. And it would probably be a, a small percent. Mm-hmm. I married my ex-husband um, because or I accepted his version of love mm-hmm. because I did not fully know what it meant to love Nicole first. Okay. That's a yeah. That was a me decision. You, yeah. It was me, and it's what I manifested. It's what I attracted to me, right? What mm-hmm. we see right in front of us is a physical representation of what's happening oh, on the man. inside of us. So mm-hmm. I, can be, I can say he ain't shit, and that might be accurate. And I have to also do the deep personal work that it does that it requires that I understand why I attracted that to my energy and didn't recognize its inauthenticity. Yes. A part of the accountability piece after getting divorced is realizing that you allowed something yeah. or that, that you accepted it or that you welcomed it. And it's like almost like a, I'm mad at that person, but I'm mad at me too. I'm mm-hmm. really I'm mad. I'm disappointed yeah. that I would, ex- and I wouldn't say allow. 
Uh-huh. I accepted. Right. I remember we walked before, and I'll just be 100% because we're just going to be honest. Before we walked into our marriage, my ex-husband had already been unfaithful. Mm. And I remember I, I had a similar girlfriend of mine who told me about her, at that time, boyfriend cheating on her. And um, they were living in separate states, so I could kind of understand it. I, yeah. I could kind of get it. Mm-hmm. But she was so devastated. And I, I, I sat with that feeling of watching her devastation mm. and thinking, why wasn't I that devastated about me? Mm. And it, it really, that's the shadow work I'm talking about mm. because I wasn't devastated that my ex-husband had been unfaithful before we were even married, that mm. that wasn't an indication of his ability to be faithful. And, right. it, and was that a standard of mine? Mm. It wasn't a boundary I held. So well, did you tell yourself that we're not married yet and it will look different after the vows? We haven't taken those vows. He owes me nothing. Was that ever internal dialogue for you? No, this was this was a lack of this was a lack of of, of discovering who Nicole was and what she or, or is and or was in that moment and what mm-hmm. she needed. Mm-hmm. And because we don't stand for nothing, mm-hmm. we fall for anything. Yeah. And I did. And I don't think that it's it. But it was also a choice. I I walked into to to covenant. Right. But I also didn't have this standard of I deserve better than that, and you mm-hmm. don't get to put me through that before we walk down the aisle. And it is evident of what mm-hmm. you, of who you are when when things get in conflict. That's yeah. the that's the choice you'll make. Mm-hmm. That's the easy choice. Right. I could have noticed that in the okay. beginning, but I chose to accept mm-hmm. and say I'm going to love you in spite of. And I think we as Black women. We constantly do that where we think our love is the ointment and the salve and it's enough. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. Negro, you need to heal. <laughs> yes. And our salve and our love is enough, right. but I'm not. You- so on the subject of healing, are you dating now? Like, how, Girl, so there how is long pee have- in the water. Come okay. Water. <laughs> okay, so what, now you've been divorced since when? How 2018. Was, eight, 18. Mm-hmm. And have you have you oh, tested the here. water? Oh, you, you're in the streets. Baby, we okay. on the curb. Okay. We in okay. the streets. So it's real, I'm 42 and how in this is summer. It, so how listen. is it dating now post-marriage <clears throat> for you? I think, well, it's liberating, right? Mm-hmm. Because I've done the work to really uncover who Nicole is. And... I now reconcile. I lost a ton of weight, and people have wondered what that what that process was like. Was I in the gym? Happiness. No, I was in therapy. <laughs> mm. And your body holds trauma. Yeah. Mm. And when you begin to break up that sediment, and you do the things that are necessary inwardly to affect the outwardly, my body now is reflecting my light. And I think that um, I needed to then date. As you were sharing earlier, that I, I went through that hot girl summer phase. I've had a lot of hot girl summers. I'm about to have another one. Hey, hey, <laughs> we about to be. <laughs> Listen, we are outside friends. But, so I get to be outside with her because I haven't been outside with her yet. You know Listen, what I'm saying? This summer is about to be a movie. <laughs> but it, but it is important that um, that that you do that 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 kind of introspective work that you have to do. And so mm-hmm. dating is is really been an interesting experience mm-hmm. because now I see a red flag and be like, oh, Amber Alert, I, who's your therapist friend? Right. What, how's the relationship with your mom? Yeah. Does so she still how, do your laundry? So how long? <laughs> do you still live with her? <laughs> right, that part. <laughs> Listen, we're not getting off <laughs> hinge if you still <laughs> with your damn mom. Do you have a car? Well, but also it's That's a recession right. and intergenerational living is also a thing. That so there's no shame We in should that. not shame yeah. that. It's no. about the purpose and the reasons why. Right. No, um, I'm with that. But how long did you, okay, 
Okay. So I've heard people who have ended relationships and, and gone that direction okay. and have instantly went into full throttle hoe mode. Um, and <laughs> I've also had people, I'm, and I'm not saying you hoe, but I'm just saying like they've gone that whole route where they're like, I'm free. I can do whatever the fuck I want to do and I'm going to do it. But yeah. I've also had people that have been like, I spent three years healing first mm-hmm. and then I ventured out. So was your process to immediately jump into the dating scene? Was it to, to hold back and, and actually do the work first? Or did you have to take to figure Lee, that out? I was devastated, sis. I was devastated yeah. for a, I would, if my ex-husband hadn't left, I, I would probably still be married. Same. I mm-hmm. really was de- he devastated. Uh, oh, yeah, baby. So I, I, okay, I was. He came home I one day. So you was I was making tacos. I really thought that the infidelity that you no. were like, it's a wrap. I'm done. I need to heal. I'm walking away. No. But he chose to leave this. We were, I was in my doctorate program, which is the, the, the year of that is the most intense mm-hmm. in your coursework. Mm-hmm. And I was. I'm in the, I was at a year-round school, and so we're in school in the summer. Yeah. So there's this 10-day window where I'm not teaching and I'm not in classes. And that 10-day window, he texted me and said, I'm on my way home. Are you home? And I was like, yep, I'm at home. I'm making dinner. My girlfriend had just left. Yep, we worked tacos. on her resume. I was working on tacos. <laughs> and he comes in, and I could just see this heaviness. And he sits on the couch, and I, my ex-husband was a real a person who needed my attention when he came home. He wanted to unpack his day. And I didn't... I didn't mind that. It was I, it was something I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So I turned down the meat and I walked into the kitchen and I'm into the living room and I'm he's sitting on the couch and I'm like, what's going on? And so I sit down and he says something to the effect of, you know, I just don't think that um, I can I can do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And I've been really thinking and he just was kind of going in circles and I kind of had that dissonance where I'm like, wait, so what is happening? <laughs> And I went in and I turned down the meat. I came back down. I grabbed my journal because I remember one of the things in our counseling that he talked about was sometimes not feeling heard. I come from a family where we talk over the table. Mm -hmm. And so when you get in marriages and you figure out communication style, if you grew up in a family where you raise your hand and you with this one who just will interrupt your ass when she has a good thought, (laughs) and they could feel emasculation. I also came into the relationship with a lot of credential, a lot of degrees. But that, to me, is how I get in the room and impact change for babies. Who I am in the community is who I am. And I don't care about those other things. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of how I had to communicate with him required of me to be considered of his ego. And in hindsight, we do all the things that we do to analyze that. But while mm-hmm. I was in it, like you, keeping your home, it was my reasonable service because mm-hmm. I didn't need him to be intimidated by, mm-hmm. by that. And so I mm-hmm. grabbed a notebook because I wanted to write down what he was saying so I didn't interrupt, but that I didn't forget whatever it was that I was popped up in my yeah. brain to mm-hmm. say. And so we did that for like an hour. And at the conclusion of it, he really left for, for two reasons. He left because I went back and got my degree. He said that he left because um, I hadn't consulted him about that, but, <sighs> I, but I had, but okay. And then when I was like, that don't make no sense. You wouldn't leave for those reasons, but he really said that the ultimate reason why he left was that um, I had been through a traumatic sexual experience uh, of, of some trauma, and I chose to forgive my abuser. I just didn't need that negative energy. And that was a problem me. for him. It was a problem for him because that family member was still around. Gotcha. And it didn't bother me because I have developed my boundaries and I mm-hmm. feel safe and my commu- the inner sanctum of my community knows. And I feel that it is okay to live in reconciliation in our community when, we are, when our changed behavior is the apology that it requires mm-hmm. it to be. Yes. And that for Nicole was enough with a, with, a, with a village who didn't think of therapy when she's 15. Who those? I just didn't have those avenues. So for me, black church and forgiveness and letting somebody else deal with their own demons was good enough to get me through day to day. 
Mm-hmm. So when I married my ex-husband, I thought I had found this confidant that I could share that information mm-hmm. with and tell him who my abuser was. Mm. And I did. And then he used that as the weapon in which to divorce me. So he left because he said he left because of that. So I didn't get ratchet because I went to therapy and I thought mm-hmm. maybe I have Stockholm syndrome or mm. maybe I have some perversion and I've been manipulated and I need to go back and be hypnotized and like re-remember my, I did, I went and I saw a therapist that was a hypnotherapist to take me back in to think, to see, did I, did I really forgive? Am I really being hoodwinked? Is Mm. my ex-husband right? And that therapist, thank God for her said, you are 100% healthy. Where forgiveness is a real tool of therapy. Mm. Here's a book, some books I want you to read and some things I want you to do, but you do not, I'm not putting you on, we're not right. doing none of that. Mm-hmm. Cause we don't, we let dead bones die. Yeah. And so mm. I think what I then did after I realized that I was okay and therapy felt really good, I kept on with therapy. And then I realized it really wasn't my trauma. Mm. He really just left me for someone else. He had found somebody else that he was communicating with at a conference that they had went to and they were talking and he moved out of my house on like June 27th and moved into her house on June 28th. So when I realized that and I found the bank statements and I looked, I realized like, oh my God. And he tried to victimize you yeah, with your own trauma he did. He to did. justify his He action. did. Mm-hmm. He sure did. And then made that public when yeah. people were asking, why, why'd you leave Nikki? Like, what? Nicole? Like, blah, 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 blah. He would be like, yeah, well, she didn't. And he would go ahead and divulge that. And then I don't think he got the reaction he thought he was going to get. People mm. probably were like, bro, she was eight. Right. Yeah. Wait, you left her for something that did. Mm. You weren't right. around for her. She mm. was a child. She's And healed. then I realized, like, that's not your story to tell. That you outed part. me. You, that part. That was not your narrative to tell. And I've never, ever felt that level of vulnerability. I've never, ever had mm-hmm. something out there about me that I didn't say myself. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. I just had never experienced that type of exposure. And it was raw and painful. And yeah. I grappled with my this person whom I love. My best friend would do that to me. Nick, do you know what I would ride for you? Yeah. Do that you part. know who I have been for you? You would do that to me? Right. This can't be real. Right. So I went to prayer. I went to church. I did all those things mm-hmm. to think something is, they don't really leave, right? Because all the movies I've seen in Tyler Perry, <laughs> they don't really leave. No, that no, no. Part. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. He packed his shit Big and Mama was gone. Big Mama don't come in a dress okay. and tell you to go to church and sing it out, and then you guys are back together. And but he did, and he didn't get to painful. throw him in the bathtub and let him bubble. No, girl. <laughs> now, he didn't pull me from no door shams. This ain't the diary of a mad black woman, but oh I was so mad and kept a diary. Okay. <laughs> I feel like you had enough women that were mad enough for you because we was ready to ride. And I didn't <laughs> want them to because at the end she of that life leave he was my husband I had kept his secrets I have mm-hmm. still not shared his deepest most dark yeah. because my covenant was with my source and not with him yeah. and I don't want that good karma and you could tell this skin is looking flawless so the yes. karma's great so let's talk about this glow up though for real yes. though. gang so, gang you done, like you done you healed you know what I'm saying first did, of all go to therapy if you want to lose weight okay right I'm no. like, <laughs> gonna call my <laughs> primary when we get out of here I do like, I do think therapy had a lot to do with it yes but you have been doing so much like in the community and just with your career you've you've leveled up on so many levels so do you feel like having done your healing process and your shadow work and all that that allowed you the freedom to actually be who you were intended to be outside of this marriage I think I mean yes I'll say that because I'm sure I don't know what this must be like to watch but let me tell Mm. you what it is like to feel it Mm. I am like so connected to who I am today like I am so dope like I absolutely love myself 100% yes. and I don't think I have ever ever been able to say that 
I can now go back to that eight-year-old little girl and tell her, baby, mm. baby, you make it. Mm. And it really is okay. Because yeah. Yeah. I want to be me when I grow up. I've never said that. Mm. And I think that that is what people are seeing. It's really not a stunt. It's not a flex. It's a me living, loving myself out loud mm. and celebrating that I walked through something that many people ex- may experience in different and various ways. Right. And I did it authentic to me. Right. I grieved how long I needed to grieve. I reconciled the parts of myself I needed to reconcile. Mm-hmm. I was honest about the shit I needed to heal in Nicole. Mm-hmm. And then I now get to celebrate learning who I am and what I like. Yes. I'm traveling. I'm going to Ghana this summer hey, by hey, myself. Hey. Yes. And I'm excited. Okay. I'm going to pay the $50 hey, fee. Hey. I'm going to pay the fee. <laughs> I'm going to pay the fee. On the and subject of think, luggage, though. Yeah. How, on the subject <laughs> Good of luggage. Transition. You, saw, you saw that, right? I like, that. I like what you My did question, there. yeah, yeah. So how do you ensure that you don't carry previous baggage? Oh, that's such a good question, Into Nick. your new relationships. I've wondered that. I've been journaling that as I've been dating. And mm-hmm. I do believe I'm ready. I'm, I'm vibrating some really good energy. So I'm feeling like this, this new moon. I'm feeling really good about it. I feel like me and God have been really unlocking step. And I feel good. But ultimately, I trust myself. I trust mm-hmm. that what I am going to manifest and what I'm going to attract is really going to be a reflection of how much I love myself. So I can't wait mm-hmm. to see how much I love myself. Yes. This is dope. Okay, so yeah. now that you have been single. Yeah, gang, gang. What has been <laughs> oh, <baby>. the <laughs> most interesting this or crazy story that you have experienced newly single? Or not even newly single, but just single. Oh, um, ugh. I mean, there's so many. Oh, Jesus. Dating has been really fun. I mean, it's been stressful because obviously uh-huh. I don't juggle really well. So I, <laughs> I've had to really figure like, okay, so I'm a one or two person at a time kind of kind of girl. Uh-huh. But because it's because I'm an intellectual and I love yeah. conversation. And right. that requires time. Oh, a lot of energy. And, and it requires a lot of energy and a lot mm-hmm. of time. I also have a job that is very analytical. And mm-hmm. so I need someone that is going to either distract me from the things that I have to do every day or I need someone who's going to be my thought partner and help me kind of mine some of these things that I'm dealing with on a day-to-day basis. And I really would like a both-and, because I'm a both-and, right? Right. I want to talk shit and have a good time and kick it with my girls, but then I also want to be able to go into a boardroom and do what needs to be done. And I can absolutely do both. So I think dating has been learning who Nicole is. I know I don't like dating in my city if I'm going to do my hood rat things. That part. Yes. I, I go up to Seattle you. for that. Like, so are, we I got, are we dating I go, in the town or are we no. going out of town for I this? go up to Seattle for that. Okay. <laughs> <We> are, <laughs> do they have a good Speaking selection up there? They got a nice meat selection. Okay. okay. The market is the, the meat, market. meat market. The meat market. I feel like we. It's I see a, a trip to Seattle in our future. Oh, absolutely. I feel like you need to put me on to this newly single game gang. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I've just been trying to figure out like Portland doesn't quite have that that nighttime that nightlife scene and mm-hmm. I'm I'm not wearing heels every day right I'm not in that get up and go to the club and stand in line I'm not standing in right. line I'm not doing it so I'm looking for more cigar bars I'm definitely a cigar mm-hmm. smoker I definitely want to do some just about doing some different lounges and lounge. different things yeah, and so yeah. I think um I've been having a date to unpack my sexual experience in marriage because mm. That's something else that we don't talk about is how we like pleasure and, and, and whether part. or not we know what our expectations and our we'll boundaries are. We'll send you a quiz. We'll <laughs> and then you're dating for the emotional parts of, of connection right, and right. figuring out what kind of relationship you're in. So yes. I've I've done a um I've done some poly things and polyamorous relationships. 
polyamorous relation, I loved it. And I loved it because what it did was, it was during a time of my grieving of my of my separation and divorce or just getting back and reemerging into dating that helped me unpack jealousy. Oh. And what does it mean to to be in a relationship with someone and want them to have fulfillment and completion if the, what if we've always heard the 80-20 rule? Right. Well, what if you're a relationship person who feels like, I believe a person should have 100% of what they need, mm. and maybe they need 80% from this person yep. and 20% from this. Mm. And initially, when I heard of the concept of polyamorous relationships, I, my black church wall went up. It's like, oh, <laughs> no. Somebody Jesus. wrong because the Bible is right. <laughs> the so devil is a over me now. <laughs> Listen, he's not pleased. But then I realized, like, ah, it really is... The, one of the more selfless forms of relationship mm. styles and structures. And I got really fascinated by it. And I was able to walk through some it with some real great curiosity um, and dibble in it. And what it reflected and showed me was how to really be, uh, in a polyamorous relationship, you can't be passive aggressive. And that's something that I dealt with in my marriage. Mm-hmm. And so it came up in this polyamorous relationship where I'd be like, well, I don't really want to hang out. But then I really did want to hang out. <laughs> but then there's somebody else whose schedule you have to maintain and consider So you can't be, you have to be able to say, this is what I need, this is what I want, this is on the days I want it. And a polyamorous relationship or perspective gave me the lens to really think, what does Nicole want? What do I need every day? And does Nicole want a polyamorous relationship today? Or did you just take lessons from that and apply it to monogamy? I took lessons from that and applied it to monogamy, but I'm open to, I'm, I'm trying to see the world through this more... Um, inclusive lens in which the way that I interpret things is not always due north. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really just trying to wrestle with when I hear something to viscerally, instinctively not just oppose it because it's different than my mm-hmm. own yeah. ideological okay. belief. Right. I'm just trying to say, huh, that's somebody else's due north. Can I try it on? Yeah. That's kind of mm-hmm. how I did the polyamorous like relationship. Like and how and you, I learned a lot. How do you balance that with being a professional and being a woman that has to have these these standards that you live up to you know, at your work, in the community, and all those things, but still being a fucking human. For sure. How do you balance that? I think I'm still balancing it. I'm still okay. learning every day. I, I te- step my toe in it, and I'd be like, oh, I'm a, I might get in trouble for that one, or mm-hmm. the blowback from that might be bad. But I think since I've become professional, or since mm-hmm. I've really kind of leaned into my professionalism, uh-huh. I have always really pushed the boundary of that. I've always right. tried to show up authentically me, mm-hmm. because the spaces that I'm in require that the community that I represent trust right. me in those spaces right. yeah. with your children, yeah. right. right? I'm an right. educator, and I need you to trust me with your babies, and right. I need you to do that for six hours a day in one of the worst times of our lives. Mm. So I, I think I'm always pushing that boundary, mm-hmm. but I'm also trying to make sure that the people, the, the babies coming behind me don't have to push that boundary as much. Mm-hmm. I'm really trying to embody that both and, but it is hard. It's hard yeah. to code switch. We've been code switching our whole lives with our customer service voice. Yep. We've oh always goodness. had to, oh you know, right? When we go to work, it's, I'm Nicole. <laughs> when I come off work, I'm Nick. Right. And then when you when you meet your white friends at, at work, and then you're in, your, which, in the hood with your, with your, uh, your black friends, uh, and they call you one thing. Changes. It changes. It checks. It uh-huh. changes. And I feel like I was tired of having to change. Yeah. And so I, and it's too hard to change. It's too hard to really heal and live two, two identities. Yes. Yeah. So then I've had to figure out, this is who y'all going to get. I'm, I'm not wearing heels and I'm not changing up. And so. I'm not going to lie, I've watched her journey a little bit. And it's like watching you change the narrative of what an educator looks like. Watch you change the narrative of what a community person looks like. Being able to live authentically without having to live in your mistakes mm, in front of people. It's that. like, it's, it's really, it's a beautiful thing. And I think it's like needed in, in, in the profession that you're in because... 
I think for us growing up, like you said, we had those those narratives that we had to live up to. We had those those things Standards. that you were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And then as we got older, they're like, oh, by the way, that really wasn't what we meant. You know what I'm saying? We should have told you, but you know, it's whatever. You're fine. You live and you learn. But we don't want that same thing for our newer generation. So I just, I applaud you because what I you're doing is amazing. That. It's it great. Is- it's it's watching it is I'm, goals. <laughs> just know. I, and I, as much as I, and she tells me that, and I appreciate that. And uh-huh. I also feel like we see people in a light online. And I just, the mm. question I always want you to ask is, what did it cost you? Mm. Mm. Right? That it's it's a glow up and it's a flex right, and it's all right. the things, but it also costs us something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just think that that's yeah. an important part that, that we don't often consider when we look at, when we see things online and not being able to understand what it costs And this people. actually goes... To, to both of you, because you're both very involved in the community, especially here, you know, mm-hmm. both your programs, both your, you know, kids, everything. Yeah. Is it hard as divorcees, single black women, a mother, mm-hmm. um, to balance people's perception of you, perception of your dating history, and then also to, you know, be a role model and disregard the naysayers like do you ever walk into a room and feel judged Mm. do you ever do you ever feel like Mm. anything that's posted about you is just out there and how do you how do you handle that when you are looked up to literally I mean, I'm looked down to because I'm short. But you okay. know what I'm saying? Stop it. <laughs> I'm still looking at the so people. specific. <laughs> right. But, I mean, you, I, I know both of you but, guys yeah. do great work. And I, and for, I mean, I'm not in the city anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm not the same face that I used to be. But mm-hmm. I can only imagine that it's really tough trying to date Mm-hmm. Especially in this pool. Now, I know you go a little north. You head up to Seattle. Just for the Char- fun stuff. But apparently, I, I need you right I go here east. if we date. But but I go I, east, apparently. Well, you, you go far <laughs> east. She hits new water. Listen, okay. listen, I follow the IG. Hey, and hey, so hey. my question is, is like, how do you keep your personal life personal? Oh, listen. And, you know what I mean? I feel like everybody just sort of knows everybody here. Yo, I have a private IG that... Okay. You know, I keep locked so that I can post my content and, and kind of be myself, which I still don't. I'm not. A po- I don't post every day. Like, I really want to be that. Po- I really do want to have dope content, but I don't have that kind of time. It's not easy this, being. I already went through Black Planet exhausting. in my space, so I already know how to code. I, I can't redo it, but it, it's a lot. And then I have my professional spaces. Um, but it is really hard. Mm-hmm. It's It was really hard to get back out there and be in your city and be dating um, and to do that in such a public way from the way that we mm. were separated and divorced was, you know, it was a bit of a hurdle, but it wasn't harder than anything else that I went through. So we put on our big girl shoes and we just, we, we did it, but it's always a balance. Did any mm-hmm. of your personal friends take sides? You know how like uh, in a divorce, mm. somebody's got the kids full time. Who, who lost friends that he thought- did? He did. He this did. my city. <laughs> this is my oh, city. What you mean? I want to know. I'm so proud of my village. Let me just say, every time I, I came outside, say. the village was like, was, we So the rock men are out you. on the island right now by themselves? Listen, Hold karma on. is real. I mean, I will say mine is, but I will say hers is. Um, I will say, oh, let me tell us my own story. Yeah, because I'm going to tap out. <laughs> Let me tell you, there have been so many times that we have ran into this person uh-huh. in public and he tried to speak and I would just look at him and walk away. <laughs> or and, and because the profession that he's also in, we are in the same rooms. Mm. I, Y'all I in was, the same rooms. I, yeah, I'm not I, in the rooms. We are in the book. same rooms. But we were in the same room one time doing an event for the children. He was setting up his table 
And I'm looking around like, why the fuck you here? <laughs> Girl. And he was like, he's like, oh, bear. you know, I'm doing this. I said, okay. Oh my god! Okay, I'm not he gonna spit out my gummy bear. <laughs> I did ask. I was like, he's like, he's like, well, you know, when we can get past. I said, no, we can't. Oh, I, I will not. And then ran into him again. Had the kids. He gonna bend down, talk, talk to my kids. Nope, I'm gonna snatch my kids up. Like you can't talk to you. Can I just say something about Chester, that, Chester? <laughs> I did. Here's what I will say. The way my village responded mm. reiterated the amount of love I was supposed to have for myself. That part. They did not let me, not let them respond. Mm. They absolutely responded. And every time I came outside, which was rare, <laughs> every time I think it was an SEI concert when they did the concert in the park and I got mm. an award, that was like the first time I had went outside all summer. It was my birthday. Mm. It was the first time that I was outside. And I just remember every, I remember some of the elders sending me postcards saying, it's time. Mm. We've not seen you. We're going to come pull up. It's time to come back outside. I don't I like think it was that, that language, but yeah. mm-hmm. I remember Mama Lakeitha Elliott sending me a postcard. And, hey, boo. And that <laughs> just, it it reminded me that I belong here. And the village, mm-hmm. the community, Black Black Portland, uh, not that we, some pariah, all the Black Portland. I just right. mean those that were connected to that story and then saw mm-hmm. me or didn't see me and then heard about my divorce and heard the narratives that were flying around. As embarrassing as I thought it was, it was more just because they, the awe of that, mm-hmm. and it really wasn't anything I needed to be embarrassed about. Yeah, My right. village really showed up and was mm-hmm. like, we rock with you. Yeah. And that was another one of those lessons of this is how much you are lo- this is how much you need to love yourself. Yeah. And my village brought me back to that. So I just love need to that. say that out loud Absolutely. because they really did show up just like that. Yeah. And it was everybody collectively. Because many people thought, well, if you could do that to her, you don't give a damn about us. That part. And I love, I hadn't thought about, I was so busy in the disbelief of it mm-hmm. all that I didn't think people would show up for me in that way and protect, let me heal mm. in this cocoon, this isolation until I was ready to reemerge. Yeah. And I feel like our community did that in Portland. Small, yeah. 6%, as small that. as we are, we are, we are deep for each other. We all know each other. And I love that. That, that. I love part. that. Yeah. I love that. How do you filter through scrubs? Now, how do you how do you identify the flags? How do you see it? I mean, listen. <laughs> but if you have a bus pass, it's cool because it's a recession. Okay. Um, I mean, it's we have to get okay. from point A it's to B. It's just not okay. I don't know that I could do it, especially not where I live right now. Bus Fair. pass. It will take you too long to get you where I need you. <laughs> the beltway is too big, and I just feel it like... will take you too long to get to where I need you. That's real, I just, woman. I just okay. <laughs> it's a little different. I think what I mean by that is I'm still just as I elevate and as I continue to sharpen, mm-hmm. just trying to maintain humility yes. and trying mm-hmm. to make sure that what you what I what I'm really wanting is is intimacy and connection. It really isn't title and, and all of those things. So I think I'm just also trying to stay grounded. Would mm-hmm. you date someone who was not as established. My ex-husband wasn't. He didn't have a degree. Okay. Well, not necessarily education. But, I mean, Because yeah, that doesn't was, mean that you can't have... He was roller skating. Is that real? When you say roller skating, <laughs> I don't know how to take that. No, dead ass. going to be a petty, but he was dead, roller skating. Yeah, he was roller skating. What? No, but Dennis, there's actually a community. I mean, you know more about it. Oh, yeah, sure. facts. We skate. Yeah, and I got my whole... skates are in the car. Like, it, okay. yeah. my it ain't like, it ain't like we have... ATL, but we have ATL. We created a culture, like yeah. We're I say we skate parties with people. I yeah. ask because I know me personally. I have a hard time mm. dating folks. I don't know that work at Outback. What? Hmm? Gosh, people what? might watch this that I know personally that work at Outback. That work at Outback. What's the theme song for the Outback commercial? See, nobody. It's there. 
I don't know, but I they have know. that onion. They have, we talked about this the yesterday. Yeah, we did. I, the the one time I ate at Eat Outback, I knew it was the last time I was eating at Outback. <laughs> it tasted like the ca- food came from Outback. <laughs> I'm not eating that again. Not the Aussie, maybe the back. Outback. <laughs> maybe it's the Portland version. They got one in, in the East Coast. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, it's a oh, chain. Yeah. They're a little bit everywhere. And that's yeah. not so much I'm the point pass. as it is <laughs> that I had a hard time being like, well, what are your goals in life? Mm. <laughs> you know, is this just your part-time job? It, oh, you're talking about the profession, his yeah, job. Yeah, yeah, and, and that, so I'm not at all trying to say mm-hmm. that they're, because I understand that we all go through things and we all are where we're at, and that doesn't mean you don't have pride in what you do. Right, right. But I'm just curious, is this it for you? Do you have more goals? Because I like ambitious men, okay. and I'm just curious, did your ambition stop here? <laughs> you ain't. <laughs> I just, I Maybe it's maybe a real question. One maybe skater plan, too many. Maybe you plan what? to own this. She had one skater too many. Maybe you plan to own this establishment because it's franchise. Maybe that's your goal. I'm curious. I, I don't know. I, I was just, um, what's next? And so when it comes to dating, yeah. and you know, we all have mm-hmm. these internal boxes that we check. Mm. And I'm just curious, what is a box that if it's not checked for you, that you're like, see, I can't, I can't take you serious. Mm. I'm not sure if I'm ready to share my boxes yet. Okay. What I will share, because it just would require, that'd be a whole nother conversation <laughs> about how do we get to those boxes. But I think um, for me, it's about energy right now mm-hmm. mm. for me. Yeah. it's I came from something that didn't feel good. And I think my, my pulse, the temperature check that I want to take is first, I trust myself. Mm-hmm. And I trust that what I'm attracting is going to be commiserate with what I bring to the table. Mm. And I'm I'm also leaning into the law of detachment, which mm-hmm. I've been studying a little bit, um, and, 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 and not having a predicted or ex- expected outcome. I'm okay with what is, mm-hmm. because I realize that every experience is really life's teacher, and I really can embrace that even when the ground moves yeah. unexpectedly beneath my feet. Yeah. I now understand that those are the things that sharpen this oil, that that thicken the salve. Mm. So I think that what I will attract again, as I said, I'm I'm excited to to see how much I love myself, mm-hmm. and I trust whatever form that's going mm-hmm. to come in. Yeah. But I trust his energy because it's going to be dope. Because I wouldn't manifest anything other than that, that part. Do you, he drives a bus. I mean, what can I get I mean, around? Right, right. Can I get around? I'll, I'll take that. Like, yeah, we going, but just I, not on our date though. Like, okay, maybe don't drive us there. <laughs> we can ride coach. I, I don't I know. I'm just, I all I know he, is he that. He has a driver's license. You take my car. I'm done. You, you can take my car. Listen, see, now that we not doing. See, I think no, if he's I taking me out, and all oh. he has is a bus, oh, I know yeah. he has a driver's oh, yeah. license. Oh, he's driving. First see, all, no, I have moved past the ideas of I'm going to go out of my way to make you feel like a man. Hmm. Um, I have done the things where I've slid the debit card to make sure that the appearance was that they paid. Hmm. You don't have to drive me. Mm-hmm. I could drive. But where does that come from? Where does that that it feeling of not from... protecting the masculinity that feels like I've done that already? I or... think growing up I, from an independent woman who loved having people to do things for her, mm. um, it was more of like I didn't want my partner to feel that I didn't need him mm. or that he was not sufficient. And if in the moment not feeling sufficient meant that you couldn't pay for something, I'm going to slide you the car so you can look like you paid for it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to let you drive my I car. I got fussed all the way out about a scenario like that, mm. going walking into a hookah lounge, 
and there was a twenty dollar copay or copay mm-hmm. copay. <laughs> Such an adult. Right. That's how you know adulting is ghetto. We talk about copay at the at the hookah lounge. The copay. That's how I know you're an adult for real. <laughs> you talk about bills and copay. <laughs> The annual fee of entry every time (laughs) (laughs) was $20 a head, Uh right? And I just remember that, no, he did not have it. Uh I I knew this going ahead, and it wasn't even a question to me that I was like, well, let me slide you this money so that you can present it. I just pulled it up out my purse, and I was like, Uh us, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my God! It, it mm. you got me out here looking real stupid. No, no, no. You you got yourself out here part. looking. Because here's my question though: If we know that that's the men that we're dating, oh, we didn't date long. But I'm just saying, <laughs> like, is the question really? I'm not going to slide my debit card across the table anymore to to satisfy or your your manhood. Or mm-hmm. is it? I'm not going to date men. I have to slide the credit card across that the table part. for that yeah. part. Because maybe that's really where your standard is. Right. And it's not so much that I have. If I gotta slide you a credit card, it's me and you. So yeah. I'm gonna slide you the credit card. Or I'm gonna just right. rip it out and pay. Yeah. Right. But if I have a problem with the fact that I have to slide it, I think the question we need to begin asking mm-hmm. ourselves mm-hmm. is: It's not in the act of having to slide it. It's the fact that you you have to slide it for them. And yeah. is that really where your boundary needs to exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, I'm not doing it no that more. That was definitely I'm just not going... a learning experience <laughs> I in that moment, you know, because we learn each other as we right, go. Right, right. But y'all and didn't date long. We did not. The whole situationship was four months max, <laughs> okay? <laughs> and, I mean, it was, it was a tough four months because there was just a lot of learning. We ultimately came from very different worlds. Yeah. And things that were not a big deal to me were a big deal to him. He didn't mm-hmm. like the way that we argued. Because I refused to uh, get overly hyped and emotional and loud. Mm. But I wanted to have a conversation. I wanted to understand you. And it was hard for me to understand if I'm sitting here being real rah-rah and we're just screaming at each other. Like, no, mm-hmm. let's, let's use our words. Like, what's the real issue? What are you upset about? Oh, that pissed him off. Mm. You act like you don't care. Because yeah. I wasn't on the same high frequency that he was mm. in this argument. My ex-husband so. felt that way too. That he yeah. felt like when I didn't want to argue that I was emasculating that you him. you didn't care. You were and it wasn't that him. I didn't want to argue. Yeah. I just grew up in a household where my parents didn't argue. That part. They really did keep and kid business, right. kid business. And so I didn't, yeah. I just, we love each other. Go take a nap. I, why am I finna sit here and slam cabinets and door for him yeah. and tell you ain't shit? I, why do we need to, I'll just mm-hmm. put this down or I'll just go do that. Like it yeah. just, mm-hmm. I never felt right hyphy about those things. And yeah. he used to take it like Personal, I was. Personal, like you didn't care. Like you, mm-hmm. I was above you that in that. he cared more than yeah, you did. That's yeah, a, that's, that's a personal thing. That ain't, like, I now realize I, though, right, but well, I placated. I told, him, but I told him that in the middle of an argument. I so was you like, didn't get to year six. I, you got to four months. I, I got to four months. Better. I said, <laughs> you're doing I was like, this isn't going to work because we can't even hold a conversation. Like you're upset that I took care of a, a, a tab, bill, a tab. A bill, uh-huh. right? We know you that. don't have it, friend. Right, and it's like, and I wasn't even trying to sit I still there came to and eat. ask him in front of folks, like, do you got it? Like, no, I knew he didn't have it. So was why like, was oh, I... Fa- Listen, friend. Maybe I see. We just gotta have that talk I'm like our mamas had in the car before we got that out the car. Part, so part. who's, who's going? Let me cash app fee. you. Because if that's the, the case, just fee. go ahead and cash app him <laughs> yeah. so he can pull out his he card. We don't even have, have to. That. We don't if have to no other that. bank account, he have that. Okay. <laughs> oh Jesus. Okay. So Nick, Venmo. I want to know: yes. Do you ever intend <laughs> on getting married again? Oh, um, I would I be open to it? Today, yes. Hmm. And I say that with a bit reservation. Yes, the mm. reservation. Because, again, I'm really trying to, like, 
be okay with what comes and what is, and I'm really trying to just mm. be present. I think my initial thought when I first got married was, I'll never do this again. Mm-hmm. Oh. Because I'm a person who's really, really private, and to let someone in and mm. rehash all, I just, that felt too vulnerable, and I just felt like maybe that, maybe. We just need to do something else. Maybe she need yeah. to be rich auntie with the leather pants. Would it Maybe. be the would it be the <laughs> commitment and monogamous long term relationship, but just without the marriage? I mean, I like what Oprah and Stead got going on. Like, I okay. like that you got your house, I got my house. You could be in the back of the house. I I'm not even you gonna that. get you a gale. Yes. <laughs> I mean, listen. <laughs> she said she, listen, she's taking it all in at this point. I'm just trying to be present, but I definitely am uh, definitely open to it. I'm definitely dating, and and I've been it's been since 2018. So mm-hmm. I definitely think where I am actually currently at, I could see a relationship. We're mm-hmm. we're at that point. I think mm. the right person ultimately at the right time is yeah. when you'll know. If, yeah, you know, that's true. I yeah. think it's hard to ask or you can't say what you don't yeah. know because I do think we need to be clear possible. with our language, though. Right? Yeah. I do think we speak these things out of our mouth and as 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 we manifest yeah. and we talk a lot in this yes. season of black magic, girl magic yes. about how we're manifesting and Definitely. charging our crystals and yes. right. It, what what we're really saying is we're getting in touch with ourselves yeah. and our femininity yeah. and what we can conjure with this cauldron of our heart. Like we could do mm-hmm. that, and that's yes. dope, and we're dope, and. I also think that I want to be specific, so I've been really writing some things down. And when people keep asking, or when I've been really mulling over what is it, what it is that I want, I'm trying not to. You only know what you know, right? And so I'm, I'm trying to really more so write in my journal what it is I know I don't want, so I don't limit myself by saying things that I think I know based off mm-hmm. the current information. I don't. I just want the universe to show me how good it can get. So that's what I'm saying. Based on the law that's, of attraction, still writing what you don't want is still projecting the negative. Sure. So I, I, I even even though I know what I don't want, mm-hmm. and it's much harder to be clear in what I do want, I, as far as affirmations, for sure. journal, journaling, mm-hmm. I'm, I purposely never write, so yesterday was a bad day. I don't want to do this again. Fair. I will absolutely right. say, you know, yesterday was a day. <laughs> What I learned is that I would like to do this today. So, Fair. I mean, even just in changing the language, the language itself puts yeah. the, a better vibration out into what you want in your life versus what you don't want. I you still attract. What, I, mm-hmm. what, I, what I'm trying to do there is make sure that I understand my boundaries mm-hmm. so that as I get back out into dating, mm-hmm. that I know what I'm unwilling to accept. Because yeah. I don't mm-hmm. think I did that. In, I know I didn't do that in my marriage. I know I didn't. I couldn't understand what my boundaries are because I didn't know them. And so I think when I'm more so saying about writing it out what I don't yeah. want is to identify what my hard lines are. Yeah. So that way I'll recognize my red say, flags. Yeah, That's how I'll say, know yeah. when I've out, I'm, like we're now that. encroaching on yeah. territory that I don't. So like now one of my boundaries is infidelity is not, at, I'm so right. pleased it's to say we learn from that. It's <laughs> right. not because that's a boundary that I hold. That makes sense to me because I feel like a don't want is a very specific thing. But a want doesn't have to be so specific because if you're too specific, then you kind of cancel out some things that might waver on either side of that. You know, I write out them smart goals. But I hear <laughs> fair, fair. I feel triggered as the educator. <laughs> feel triggered. Okay. But I do think that I right. appreciate the calling yeah. that Nick is saying is be also don't go down the rabbit hole and dwell in That's those true. don't wants to where right. it becomes that negative yeah. cyclical anger that part. conversation, yeah, and we're absolutely. so focused on the negative. Absolutely. I do think it it does need to have right. some targeted right. uh, intentionality. So, so, what advice would you give to somebody? Entering a marriage, and also what advice would you give to somebody Ooh. who has recently ended? Oh, oh, I would have needed to think about that for a minute. Um, advice to give someone before they get married. Whew. Um, 
I definitely think that marriage counseling is something that mm-hmm. I recommend. Even before our problems. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because um, I'm a, I love conflict. I know that sounds weird to say. I don't really know why I said it that way. But I do. Uh-huh. I, I geek out <laughs> over conflict. Out. Not like love and hip hop flipping tables conflict. <laughs> But really, you know, but but understanding, like helping organizations unpack trauma and DEI work. And that's around conflict and Mm -hmm. it's organizational relationships. And I really love, um, you know, with my students, walking them through restorative circles and reconciliation Mm -hmm. and harm. And because really conflict is really about perspective taking. And it's really because somebody crossed the boundary. And if someone had helped me at eight years old understand that when I got mad that you came and took my paper off the table at eight o'clock in the morning, it's one, because I'm not a morning person, and two, that shit was mine. <laughs> that was my boundary. Right. But I never have seen conflict com- com- explained to me in that way. Mm-hmm. And so I love walking through with children, helping them understand and identify their boundaries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, marriage counseling helped me and my ex-husband develop some game plans on how we were going to deal with conflict because you're gonna fight you're you're taking two very different people and attempting to do life together for an extended period of time you're gonna there's gonna be some miscommunication and y'all gonna find there's gonna be friction the friction is gonna happen and how you deal with that friction and what you saw your parent deal with Mm -hmm. if you saw a very passive aggressive or a very aggressive family structure then Mm -hmm. the way you walk into your relationship might walk in with that posture I I equate it to if you are a Lakers kind of coach or if you have Mm -hmm. a a, a, so Phil Jackson versus a Greg Popovich those are two very different type of coaching Mm -hmm. styles Mm -hmm. one's very full court press one very methodical take the bring the ball in slow what when you are merging two people with different coaching styles or different styles of communication right you have to be willing to learn that other person's style mm-hmm. and that person has to be willing to learn yours or be willing to create this collective style together mm-hmm. right but I, I think counseling and therapy helps helped me understand I'm not a person who wants mm-hmm. to argue in the moment. I need time to process. Gotcha. I need time to think it through so that I don't instinctively say the things that I don't mean. And it means I don't really know how I feel yet because I haven't sat with my emotion. Gotcha. My ex-husband wanted to unpack immediately. So this often negative pull wasn't really conflict so that I didn't care about his problems. It just I didn't know how I felt about them and I needed to articulate I need space first. Mm. So we de- therapy and counseling kind of helped us develop some, gotcha. some strategies that and we then. would use. And I think that's really important to have and there's more I would say about before getting married but if you're obviously at that place then you've made a decision and I hope that the decision that you are making is not in spite of the embarrassment you might feel for just making a different choice Mm. I absolutely had an option before I got married to not Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that I wish I had taken it because we don't we don't live we don't Monday night quarterback right Right, right, we don't we don't need to do that because I am here who I, I am today because I've made those decisions. Right, those right, decisions. Right. And I think I wish someone had given me the courage to say, it is okay to say no. Mm-hmm. It is okay to prioritize mm-hmm. yourself. Who cares no, if invitations yeah. have already gone out? Who cares if you've already paid a deposit? None of that matters if you in any moment feel like you need to pause. You yeah. are absolutely worth the pause. And mm-hmm. I wish I kind of had known that I could do yeah. that. And then for someone that's coming out of a marriage, one piece of advice quick. Uh, you need you need your village of people around you. You need gotcha. to be able to 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 take your time and process your role in that, and it. know that if you just put one foot in front of the other, I promise you the sun is shining on the other side. Yeah, I like that. love it. We gonna end on that. Yes, that is beautiful. That is beautiful. Great Ms. takeaway, Miss Nicole. Where can people find you? 
in these streets. Oh my gosh. Okay. No, I'm just joking. I'll be at the house. I'll be on that couch with my dog and my wine. I love it. <laughs> Eating gummies. Eating yo, get you some hardwell gummies. They they slap. And add some chips with it, because the salt and the sugar. Listen, we really persist over here with the snacks. That is amazing. I love it. Where so, do you, where you mean like on Instagram? Just where and, people if you, if you want to be found. Uh, she might want she to said, be found. These, "Okay, find her in these streets. Find her in Seattle." In oh, no, that <laughs> yeah, she ain't gonna be down here. She gonna be a little she north. Be, she don't want to be. But found. if you got uncles and brothers and they worthy, less I mean, you know, invite us to the parties. And you hit, hit up Dirty Roses and we will put you in connection. Yes, for that, sure. That works. Yes. Nick B, where yes. can we find you? So, of course, I can be reached at all Dirty Roses podcast platforms. But if you're looking for me specifically, I can be found on Instagram at Nick B underscore Nick B. And that's Nick with a K. Miss Leela Reed, where can we find you? Hey, I am on every single platform. Every, every single platform. Leela L-E-I-G-H-L-A-R-I-E. And, of course, Dirty Roses podcast on all platforms. And you can listen to us. DirtyRosesPodcast.com You can listen to all of season one You can catch up on season two as we go along And you can leave us a review A voicemail Because we got a voicemail on okay. our Watch us on YouTube okay. Yes, I'm on YouTube Watch Look us, us up Subscribe We, we cute We, we got link. cute hey, guests hey, hey, hey. We got all, we got all <laughs> oh these gosh. cameras up in here Better you know watch for us Our folks from the GMP Podcast group got us together yes. So make sure you follow us Listen in And we're going to get dirty again hey. Toodles I'm <laughs> <laughs>